What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. He's infectious, and I can say that because I'm a doctor. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Roberto Clapperio. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Cry me a river. I love her. Cry me a river. I cried a river. The great Diana Krall. I saw her at the Hollywood Bowl. She came out in a black dress and gold shoes. She walked right to the end of the stage and said to the crowd, You like my outfit? Good girl dress, bad girl shoes. And proceeded to sit down and just blow everyone's mind. What a beautiful voice. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest, the great Dr. Clark Fuller. Clark, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. My pleasure, Dr. Clapper. So before we get into Brandon Ingram, and I just want to wet the whistle here, this is what he said in describing his symptoms of why he couldn't lift his arm above his head. Well, you know, when we were going through um, all these tests, I, I didn't think it would be something that serious. Um, I just kind of woke up and my arm was kind of tight. Uh, couldn't lift it over my shoulder and, um, I knew I was going to hear Luke's mouth talking about, um, talking about I was soft when I was, um, coming to the gym. And I just came to the gym, did my no- normal routine every day and was, was just feeling this little pinch under my um, armpit and I was just trying to figure out what was wrong. And then he couldn't lift his arm above his head. Does that sound pretty typical for someone with thoracic outlet syndrome? You knew before anybody else that's what it was. You called me. <laughs> yeah, it is a there's a constellation of classic symptoms and shoulder pain, particularly pain with bringing that arm or hand, uh, rising it above the head, mm-hmm. uh, will will produce pain in that joint. The the swelling is because of the the impingement or the pinching on the blood vessels that both supply blood and drain blood from the arm. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a fairly classic triad that not everybody with thoracic in, uh, syndrome will uh, describe. Yeah, my professor, Dr. Ranawat, said the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. Speaking of that, how did you become a thoracic surgeon? Where did you grow up? What did your dad do for a living? Who are you? <laughs> My father uh, was a rancher in Wyoming. No uh, way. Grew up, yes, <laughs> yes. I grew up outside a little town up, uh, up by Yellowstone Park called Cody, Wyoming. Oh, and uh, wow. we had several hundred acres and several hundred head of cattle. And working with those animals, um, I de- uh, developed a, a desire uh, and appreciation for life and the, and the balance of life. And uh, I enjoy conversation, which is why I get up at 7.15 in the morning to talk with you. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of conversation with my cows. Uh, so medical school became a natural. I also really enjoyed my pediatrician. I, uh, I never minded to go see, see him. Hmm. And as, I, as I'm articulated through med school and began to think about what I would become, uh, thoracic surgery chose me, I really believe. I didn't choose yet. It appealed to the, um, my sense of, uh, of, of science, of correction, of intervention, of dealing with a highly integrated circuit, both the heart and the lungs, 
which uh, you know are, are vital uh, to uh, life as we know it. So it, it is a tremendous science that offers surgical uh, intervention to prove truly helpful. Wow. What a story. That's amazing. What did yeah. your father think when you said, I want to be a surgeon? I know that he thought I'm not as dumb as he thought I was. <laughs> um, he, uh, he was very proud. Very proud. Oh. And your mom? Did she work in addition or just raise the kids? She was pretty busy with the, uh, my brother uh, and, and I and, and, and the rest of the uh, branch life. Uh, so no, she, was, uh, wow. she was a very good mother at home with us. And the connection between the two of us comes from a great nurse, one of my favorite nurses at Cedars, Donna Aiello. And she just... She's the president of your fan club, probably president of my fan club, too. <laughs> but what kind of surgeries are you doing? What is in the world of Clark Fuller as a thoracic surgeon? That's a very good question. And then there's usually some confusion around it uh, because the word thoracic people are not familiar with. Um, and I have to remind them that, it, that it's not uh, some period of time when there were dinosaurs. This is not to be confused with Jurassic. It's thoracic and involves the, the chest, the chest wall, the surrounding musculature, the ribs, the, the, the breastbone, the, the sternum, and then most importantly, the content that those structures protect, the underlying lungs, the blood vessels, the nerves, the heart, the diaphragm, the, the powerful, the, the, the motor of our body that allows us to breathe. So it, it, it addresses all of forms of ailments uh, that involve those or organs, both infectious as well as uh, uh, cancerous. Uh, it, it, it's the full range of those uh, disease spectrum. Did you hear the sound bites of Niagara Falls being dammed up so that they can remove the boulders? Doesn't it sound familiar to what you do as a thoracic surgeon? There, there is a similarity there. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a great cacophony of sound and motion, and then when the business starts, everybody focuses, everybody becomes very intense. And speaking of sound, so here, here's what Niagara Falls sounds like. So in 1983, I'm an intern. I know nothing. I'm right out of medical school. And they asked me to go see a patient on the floor at 2 o'clock in the morning. The nurse is nervous because the guy has been in the hospital for a week with back pain, and he's in traction. I have no idea why, but I decided to take out my stethoscope for a guy on the orthopedic floor who was there for a week with back pain. But the guy was sweating. He was in pain. He could not get comfortable. So I took out my stethoscope. And I put it over his belly. And this is what I heard. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, this may not be orthopedics. It sounds like a waterfall inside there. I, basically, I was listening to a brewery of an aortic aneurysm and called the vascular surgeon. Boom, boom, boom. He's in surgery. And sure enough, do you remember a guy named Bud Ferran? I don't know how long you've been at Cedars. But I'm the lowly intern. He's the big shot vascular surgeon. And I'll never forget... When he went out after saving this man's life, the family couldn't thank him enough, and he said, don't thank me. Thank that intern who figured it out by hearing that. How? And yesterday in surgery, I was teaching the resident how much you have to use your hearing, your f sense of feel to be a surgeon. It's not just what your eyes see. 
you have to have a feel about it, probably more so in your world when you take those fingers of yours and feel the flow through the arteries and the vein is such a big part of probably what you do as a surgeon, correct? It's very much so, particularly in this case uh, when a patient truly does have thoracic outlet syndrome, there is an impingement between the collarbone or clavicle and the first rib Hmm. that narrows the canal that those blood vessels must traverse to get to the shoulder and arm. And when dealing with that surgically, we have to put our finger between the blood vessel, shield it from our surgical instruments while we're trying to remove the underlying first rib. And so there's a very intimate and delicate touch and feel that you must have with that blood vessel while you shield it from the uh, uh, instruments. So, Clark, how many years have you been in practice? I completed uh, residency in 1997, so I'd rather say that than the number of years. (laughs) Because those fingers of yours and what you can feel after all of these years is better than any ultrasound, any MRI, any testing that we can do is to know when it's right. And that's the beauty of us uh, in my case, no hair on top of my head. In your case, gray hair on top of your head. <laughs> but that's the greatest part about growing old in the medical profession because what's in those fingers of yours, what's in those ears of yours to listen, it ain't in the book. There's a sixth sense. Listen, I want to ask you about the future of what you do, but I want to pay some bills. Can you hang on a second? I want to do a second segment with you and ask you about the technical advances that you've been a part of in the world of thoracic surgery. Can you hang on? You bet, Dr. Clark. Okay, my pleasure. We're talking to the great Dr. Clark Fuller, one of the best thoracic surgeons. It's not orthopedics. It's not what I do, but it's so much fun for me to talk to a plumber because I'm a carpenter. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Show, the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.